What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton, and with me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what are we looking forward to in our off-season primer here? Oh, you know, we're going to be talking about free agents, where people are going to land, who's going to get franchise tagged. We're looking at the NFL scouting combine uh, and the NFL draft, honestly. So we got a lot to cover in this episode. All right, let's get to it. All right, let's dive into our off-season primer here. Let's start with free agency, and we've got some big names on the list this year. Almost, uh, uh, it's crazy, really, because you usually have maybe one or two big names, but we got a ton on this list. So let's start with the quarterback position, and obviously the name everyone's got on the list, Tom Brady. Uh, It appears he's not going to go back to New England. That's not for certain yet. Um, They cannot franchise tag him, so he is completely unrestricted free agent, free to go wherever he wants. Uh, where do you see him going, Mike? You know, I, I I think the obvious situation uh, is, is he's going to go back to New England. I think that I, right now a lot of people are saying he's not. I think that's the most likely situation. Um, but if he actually does leave New England, uh, I think the Raiders of Las Vegas, uh, I think, are the biggest candidate because they have the most. Honestly, they have the most talent. He's going to want. He's not going to want to go to a rebuilding situation. He's going to want to go somewhere where he can win. Uh, and, and they've got a lot of talent down there, and they still have some good draft picks, and they've got some money to sign people. Uh, so I, I think the uh, the Raiders are are a good call. I think the Chargers could be a, a potentially good call. Uh, and then there's news coming out that the 49ers are actually looking at acquiring him and trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think that'd be a mistake on the 49ers' part, honestly, um, for basically a one-year fix, maybe a two-year fix, but – um, but I think the Raiders are, if, if he goes anywhere, it's going to be Las Vegas. Yeah. I've got three teams I'm watching here. One of them is the chargers. Um, one of them out of kind of left field here. I think the Indianapolis Colts could be a, a fit for him. I mean, when you look at, they've got a lot of talent. They were a fringe, almost playoff caliber team that could use a Tom Brady. Now that Andrew Luck's gone. And then the other one to me is the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill's a free agent. Derrick Henry's a free agent. I could see them signing Henry, signing Tom Brady, and then you've got a really good – obviously the Titans went to the AFC Championship game, so adding somebody like Tom Brady might push them over the edge. Um, I can kind of see the Raiders, but I just honestly don't know that it makes sense. That uh, I feel like the Raiders, they have a lot of talent, but they weren't that close to being a playoff team this year, and I don't think that Tom Brady wants to go into a – kind of a middle of a build a team like the titans he could come in and in 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 theory go to the super bowl year one a team like the chargers he'd have uh, keenan allen to throw to he'd have austin eckler uh, it appears that they're not going to have melvin gordon we'll hit on him later but um, i feel like they those two teams have a lot of talent and then obviously the colts i think can have the talent um, i i'm one of the people though i don't think he's coming back to new england or he would have done it already I'd like to see him leave New England. Honestly, I just I think at the end of the day, that's the most likely spot for him. But I, I I'm a big fan of of him joining the Raiders. Honestly, I think that's a like to me that's a good matchup because they have they've got a great running game. Their defense is getting better. Um, their first round pick last year is going to be coming back from injury, and he was playing great beforehand. They have a, you know some some solid draft picks this year and some free agent money. So I mean, talent wise. 
they're still middle of the pack. But after you add Tom Brady, when you bring some guys back from injury, you factor in the draft and then you factor in that free agent money they have. Uh, I think they're going to be a playoff contender, at least um, uh, if, yeah, if not a playoff team, honestly. So the only other thing I see going against the Raiders and the Chargers is why would Tom Brady want to force himself into a division that has to play Pat Mahomes twice a year? Uh, it just seems a little, a little crazy. I would think if you're Tom Brady, you'd want to go to a division that's relatively easy. Um, and here's my other hot take. I'm going to say, I honestly don't think it matters. I honestly don't think adding Tom Brady is going to make any team that much better uh, unless they're a really bad quarterback team. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's a Tom Brady. But at this age, and we don't know, you know how fast an arm can go away when a guy gets into his 40s. You look at Peyton Manning, all this stuff. He could very well show up next year, sign a $30 million contract, and suck. So I'm not as concerned about him joining the AFC West, going against the Chiefs twice. It just doesn't matter to me because I'm not that scared of him anymore. Uh, physically, I'm not scared of him. It's me- mentally is what I, I fear. Uh, so and, you. I get it. Uh, I, I I fear what he I fear that he he intimidates uh, a lot of people honestly, um, even even the Chiefs because when you look at it the Chiefs weren't the team that knocked him off, uh, it was the Titans yeah. that knocked him off, and so I think that's still you know whether they realize the it or Chiefs not, did knock him off this year, that they they did knock they did him off in the Tom Brady. they did knock him off in the regular season, um, but I think if he goes back to you know goes back to the Patriots and the Chiefs play him in the in the playoffs I think that's still despite being the defending Super Bowl champions, that's going to be looming in the back of their head of, you know, it's still the Patriots. It's still Tom Brady. It's still and they were D freaking forward lining up off sides away from picking Tom Brady off to beat him then too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some, some circumstances, but I think, I think mentally is where Tom Brady is still uh, a great asset uh, just from what he can provide uh, leadership wise. And, and just, you know, picture game, him as like Peyton, Peyton Manning with the Broncos in his last year. He couldn't yeah, really I mean, do anything physically. I'm not saying Tom Brady can't do physical things. I'm just saying yeah. uh, I don't think he's going to come out there and if you have a bad team, he's going to boost your team over the edge and start throwing 50 touchdowns and make you better. I think he's going to be a game manager plus. That's what I'm going to categorize him as. He's not your regular yeah. game manager. He's a game manager plus because he's got playoff experience, championship experience, uh, but I don't think his physical tools are – uh, let me just put it this way. I don't know that his physical tools are on the level of where Derek Carr's are right now. His mental yeah. acuity is better, but I don't think you're getting that much better physically at the position for the money you're going to have to pay to get him, which it sounds like he's tired of taking hometown discounts and he's going to be every bit of 30 million this year. Yeah, I think what he, I, I, like you said, I don't think he's going to go in and sign with the Dolphins and to make him a Super Bowl contender, I think. But like you talked about with the Colts um, or even the Raiders, uh, that fringe playoff team, I think he could take that fringe playoff team and turn them into not only a playoff contender, but I think, you know, maybe even win a playoff game or two, depending on what else they add around him. Obviously, we're just factoring in only Tom Brady. We don't know what else they would add around him uh, or what they could lose. Because right, um, they don't have any receivers right now either. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, assuming, you know, say Tom Brady goes to the Raiders and then the Raiders draft what who everyone's projecting they're drafting including myself but they get jerry judy uh wide receiver out of alabama at that number 12 pick and then they sign you know i'm i I don't i don't even know i'm just gonna say like a a robbie anderson or an emmanuel sanders uh 
as another receiver. Now all of a sudden you get you have Josh Jacobs at running back, you have Jerry Judy at receiver, you have we'll say Emmanuel Sanders at receiver, and you have Tom Brady throwing the ball. You know that's a pretty that's a pretty solid group right there. Um, but you know we'll, we'll have to obviously wait and see how it plays out. Yep, for sure. So let's just say that the inevitable happens, and we picture Tom Brady leaving New England. What's New England do in that situation? Uh, for the first time in in two decades plus, they're looking for a quarterback. What do they do? Uh, I mean, there's a there's a couple options, honestly, and and that I'll discuss real fast. I I think one of them is you go find that one year gap starter while you let Jared Stidham develop another year. Uh, and then you kind of go and you see what you have in Jared Stidham. I mean, and I, when I say that gap filler, I'm talking about someone like a Ryan Tannehill um, or even someone like a Philip Rivers, uh, a Marcus Mariota, those kind of guys that, you know, you can come in and if they if you get a great year out of them or a solid year, you let Stidham sit on the bench another year uh, and then see what you have from him in two years. I think that's an option. I think uh, drafting a quarterback somewhere in the late first round or somewhere in the second round. I'm talking like a like a Jacob Eason, a Jake Fromm from Georgia, uh, and letting them just go into the season as a starter, or again, getting a gap starter and letting that guy sit for a little while. Uh kind of like a like an Alex Smith, which I you know, with Pat Mahomes, which Alex Smith wasn't a gap starter at that point. He was the starter, but everyone knew it was going to be a one year deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um you get those kind of guys. Um, but I think there's still some viable options long term i think uh you know you look at someone like a like an andy dalton i think still has some good years starting in him i think a Jameis winston being coached under you know he's he was the number one pick for a reason he's got the physical tools it's the mental stuff that he needs to learn uh and going to he somewhere to with, learn like colors of his own team's jerseys what he really needs to learn he needs to learn that it's not the point of the game isn't to throw it to the other team um <laughs> but i think bill belichick you know you're talking about one of if not the greatest coach of all time uh, if anyone's going to fix someone like a Jameis Winston, someone like a Marcus Mariota, um, or get the most out of uh, an Andy Dalton or a Ryan Tannehill, it's Bill Belichick. Uh, so I think those are those are all options. I mean, but you look at some of the guys. It's you know Andy Dalton. Like I said, I think he's still got some some valuable years left in him. Uh, if you look at him this year, you know this past year, he didn't really play wise. He didn't have a bad season. Um, the team wasn't very good, obviously, but play-wise, he didn't really do that bad considering they had the second-worst offensive line in football. He didn't have his number one receiver all year. They lost John Ross for most of the season. Uh, I mean, when you factor all that in, I mean, it, it'd be hard for anyone to come back from that. You lose your number – you don't have your number one all year. You don't have your number three all year. Your number one pick last year didn't play – you know, who was an offensive lineman, left tackle, who's supposed to protect you didn't play a single snap this season because of injury. Uh, you know, I mean, it, I think that was like a Philip Rivers thing, a situational thing. Didn't have a great season necessarily, but uh, it was a bad situation. So I think Andy Dalton somewhere there, Jameis Winston, I think he could, again, if anyone's going to get the most out of Jameis Winston, it's going to be Bill Belichick. So let's talk about Philip Rivers. Uh, it's known now he will not be a Charger next year. Um, he's moving on. Where do you see him landing? You know, we talked about the Colts earlier. I think Philip Rivers ends up with the Colts. Um, I, I think that's just a great fit for both of them. Honestly, they've got the they've got the receivers that that would do well with Philip Rivers. Um, they've got a solid enough run game with Marlon Mack and some of those guys. 
Uh, they've got a good offensive line, assuming they they re-sign Anthony Costanzo or franchise tag him, either one. Uh, their defense, I think, is is a top ten defense. So uh, I think that's a, that'd be a great situation for Philip Rivers and a great situation for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I agree. If uh, I think the two teams I kind of mentioned for Tom Brady, the Colts and the Titans, I could see him ending up either place because. Uh, I don't know what Tennessee is going to do with Ryan Tannehill. I think they know kind of like we talked about in the last episode on the recap that he's not that quarterback that's going to go out there and win you games either. He's just a game manager uh, for them to keep him uh, being 32 years old. They're going to have to pay him a lot more than say they can probably get a, a really good veteran discount on Phillip rivers. And if they sign Derek Henry and have a run run game and, and Phillip rivers is there making passes, I think, it could benefit the Titans there as well. But I agree with you with the Colts. I mean, I think either one of those teams would be a great fit for him. Possibly uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they move on from, from Jameis. Absolutely. All right, so let's stick on the train here. And we all know what's going to happen with this guy, but Dak Prescott technically could be a free agent. We know that they're probably going to franchise tag him. Do you think that they sign him to a long-term deal this year? Or do they kind of Kirk Cousins him and let him play on the franchise tag for a couple of years? Uh, you know, this is a, a bitter sweet conversation for me. Um, so I'd like to see Dak Pres- Prescott stick with the Cowboys. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I think some of the money, if the reports are true that he's asking for is way above what they should pay him. Um, and I think at the end of the day, what's happening is, is he's either going to hold out long enough to get his money that they lose Amari Cooper or he's going to want so much money that they don't have the money to sign Amari Cooper. Uh, and at the end of the day, he needs Amari Cooper. Uh, we saw that last year before they traded for, for Cooper. Uh, he needs that number one run, you know, that number one right receiver. So I think what's happening right now is, is the team is being stubborn and not wanting to offer him the money. And he's being stubborn and not wanting to take a deal that's good for him, but also good for the team. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's going to end up costing him. Uh, it's going to create a gap between the, you know, them and the Eagles because the Eagles are going to go out and actually spend money and gain players and get better. Whereas the Cowboys are going to end up getting worse because of this Dak Prescott situation, whether it's on Dak's side or, or Steven Jones and Jerry Jones side and not wanting to give them the money. Uh, either way, it's going to end up leading to them losing Amari Cooper potentially. Uh, what I would love to see is that they sign Dak Prescott, you know, here before free agency starts and enough time to where they can franchise tag Amari Cooper and then work on that long-term deal deal over the next year with Amari Cooper. Um, but I mean, I think they're going to sign him eventually, but um, I don't think it's going to be a team friendly deal, honestly. See, and I feel like they've backed themselves into a corner. Cause I, I feel like in the back of my mind, Jerry Jones was saying, I don't want to pay him number one, obviously overall quarterback money. It's almost like he was waiting for Dak to fail or slip up or have a down year. So he could, to get a discount on him or even move on from him with use of, well, he's not playing well, but Dak's done nothing, but he hasn't got the wins to back it up, but he's got a lot of stats to back it up. And it really puts the team in a tough situation. Cause now they've, like you said, they've waited too long. Um, I know that they're trying to, to wait him out. And I think that they were hoping that he would come out and either win a super bowl and then they'd say, Oh, well he deserves the money or struggle. And then say, well, you're not worth it and either move on, get somebody else. Uh, but at this point, they're really in a tough spot because they've got nothing to show from how good Dak has been playing. They don't have any playoff, you know, big deep playoff runs or Super Bowls. Uh, and he hasn't really been one of the top stat leaders. He's just been, like you said, fringe top 10 ish. 
And it, what do you pay that guy? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is what I think is is an option that I I would personally do myself. Um, is I would franchise tag him, and if he says, "Well, I'm not going to sign it," then what I do is I go out in the second round of the NFL draft. Uh, I draft a guy like a like a you know uh, Jake Eason uh, uh, or a Jake Fromm, one of those guys in the in that late you know second or that mid second round really. Uh, and I say, okay, well, don't sign your franchise tag because we have this guy. You're a fourth round pick, and look what we did with you. Now we spent a second round pick on a quarterback. Imagine what we could do with them. Uh, now we got Mike McCarthy, the guy that groomed Aaron Rodgers, that won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Now we're giving him a young quarterback to work with. So we don't really need you. Uh, and it's either going to force him to sign the franchise tag and then take less money if he wants to stick around uh, or set out a season. It does. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, it really at that point, it puts the pressure on Dak Prescott. Uh, because again, he was a fourth round quarterback. Look at what they did to him with Jason Garrett. Now imagine what Mike McCarthy could do with a Jake Fromm uh, or a Jacob Eason, uh, one of those guys, if they get him in the second round. Uh, so I would, I would flip it to where that that situation is on. I would, I would spend all my money, go outside Amari Cooper, and then uh, franchise tag Dak Prescott. Flip the situation and put the pressure on him to sign with us and make it seem like he needs us more than we need him. Uh, that's the situation I would do personally. Yeah, and that's it's going to be something to keep an eye on here in the coming days because uh, time's running out on that franchise tag. Here's another Absolutely. quarterback that's once again we have. There's no doubt in my mind what's going to happen with him, but technically Drew Brees would be a free agent. We know he's coming back to the Saints. Uh, he obviously can't be franchise tagged. So what do they do with Drew Brees? Do they offer him a multi-year deal, one year? It sounds like he said. Uh, I think today he said who dat for life for him. So he's not going anywhere. But what do they do with him? How how do they handle this contract? Give him one giant year, sign him for a two three year deal. It's really tough with a quarterback that's forty one years old. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Drew Brees is he's made his money. He's smart enough to know. I mean, at this point, it's just about winning. Uh, so I think he's going to take a little bit of a discount for him. Maybe not much, but um, I would maybe do a like a, a multi year deal, but make that second year a team option. Um meaning that they could say, ah, we don't want you back next year. Uh, that's what I would do, honestly. Uh, that way, you know, if he does, if he plays great this year and decides to come back the following year, uh, you have that team option. You could pick up on him at a set salary already that he already knows about that he's agreed to. Um, so that's what I would do. That just takes that off your plate. Um, it's obviously they're not going to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, I think this year proved he he's still about, you know, a viable NFL starter. Um, I could see him going, you know, somewhere. I mean, he's a an option for New England also. Um, didn't bring him up, but New England or Miami or you know, a lot of those teams, Tennessee, uh, the Colts. Um, uh, so they're not gonna be bringing back um Drew Brees and and uh Taysom Hill's not the not the starter. So I, or they're not gonna be bringing back Teddy Bridgewater, sorry. Uh Taysom Hill's not a starter yet. Uh so I mean Drew Brees, there I mean, he's he's gonna resign with him. It's just a matter of how long. Uh, it's really a year-to-year thing, but I think they sign him to a multi-year deal. All right, let's flip over and talk about defense for just a little bit. We've got a couple big defenders out there. Let's start with Chris Jones from the Chiefs. Um, they've made it clear they're going to franchise tag him. Uh, but do you sign him to a long-term deal? Do you sign him to the franchise tag and trade him? What would you like to see the Chiefs do with Chris Jones? Uh, it's it's kind of tricky, honestly. Uh, I would like to see him signed to a long, long-term deal. 
Um, but he did have some injury issues this year that kind of concerned me a little bit. Um, but I mean, if he's, if he's healthy, um, and you, you don't think you don't have any concerns about the injuries, um, obviously their doctors have more insight than we do. Um, if there's no concern with the injuries, send him to a long-term deal, uh, not in the Aaron Donald range, but I mean, give him, give him the money he deserves. Uh, cause I'd like to see him in, in a chief's uniform for the next four or five years. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The only thing, the reason I like the franchise tag is if you franchise tag him this year, get one more year out of him, because uh, you know you got Mahomes' contract breathing down your neck. You're about to have to drop close to $40 million a year for him. Um, I would love to see Chris Jones here for the long term, but at this point, you hear people saying that Chris Jones right now is ranking out as the best offensive ta- or defensive tackle not named Aaron Donald, and that's saying something. I mean, that's literally the one of the best – uh, defensive tackles in the game so he's going to get paid a lot of money if he'll play on the franchise tag I'd, I'd like to see him at least do that until they can figure out exactly what Mahomes contract is going to be uh, and then make that decision on whether they can afford to sign him to a long-term deal or not yeah, I mean the, the thing is is he's going to be a chief next year regardless whether he's on a, on a franchise or or a, a, a long-term deal um I, I think the biggest key, like you said, it's, it's you got to resign Pat Mahomes. And, and if they're worried that Christian's contract is going to interfere with that, then he's going to have to play on the franchise tag. Yeah, or, or trade him at that point. Because right now, um, I wouldn't mind seeing that because if you're talking about a defensive tackle that's almost as good as Aaron Donald, you're going to get first-round value out of him in the draft. Um, and, you know, as the Chiefs proved this year, when your most important players are on their rookie contracts, it's easy to to build a team because Chris Jones' contract last year only cost the Chiefs a million dollars, and Pat Mahomes' contract is still on his rookie contract, and and it allows them to build these other players up and sign these other good players. So, um, if it, if you get a good offer and he signs on the fran- franchise tag, trade Chris Jones for a first round draft pick and build through that because as good as Chris Jones was when he wasn't in the game, the Chiefs' defense didn't really. Uh, their pass rush suffered, but their defense overall, like the run defense was as good. Uh, yeah. Tackling was as good. They just didn't get quite the quarterback pressure. So it's not like if Chris Jones leaves, they're completely screwed. I think they'd be fine, but they need to get something in return. Yeah. I mean, and I think even if you don't get a first, I think if you get a second and a third or a second and a fourth or something like that, uh, that would be fine. And then I'd take that money and go turn around and sign someone like a, like an endomic and Sue or something, you know, that one year kind of, contract just someone to you know and Dominican Sue would probably take seven eight million a year uh and I'm just throwing him out there because that's just on the top of my list honestly um but I mean if you can get that that first or second round pick out of him and then get a you know a third or fourth round on top of that and save that that salary cap space uh and still get someone like an Indomitian Sue that's still you know a good defensive tackle um I, I think that's a, a real good choice for the Chiefs too so here's another defender that interests me because it's this is a tough decision on what to do, and that's Davion Clowney. Uh, was traded from the Texans to the Seahawks. He cannot be franchise tagged. He's 27 years old, former first uh, pick. What do you do with him? Where do you see him going, I guess? Because he, he absolutely can't be franchise tagged. So uh, do you see him going to another team for mega money, like a, a top contract? You see him having to settle for a little bit because you got to remember this guy hasn't been healthy that much. Um, but when he is healthy, he's pretty dominant. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to get a huge contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more money than Chris Jones. Um, I mean, the guy the guy is a monster. Uh, I don't know if I see him staying in Seattle. I, I I I don't see him necessarily leaving, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Um, he's going to get money for sure. It's just a matter of how much and for how long. Um, is it going to be a team offers him, you know, uh, an incentive based contract, or is it going to be, you know, a three year deal worth, you know, 60 million, you know, 20 million a year kind of deal? Uh, I mean, he's going to get money for sure. It's just a matter of for how long and from who. Yeah. And right now, I don't even want to predict it because I feel like he's the type of player he's going to go where the money is the most. I could see somebody like a Miami even. Uh, throwing just a massive contract at him since they have this massive cap room and getting him to go there. Um, and really kind of off topic, but Miami is poised to do some great things this offseason. So don't be surprised if they're uh, kind of winners of the offseason. They're sitting yeah. at uh, $88 million in cap space right now. They already have 69 players under contract, and they have got just loaded with draft picks, including three firsts. And, and and on the on the topic of the Dolphins, I mean, you're talking about the money real fast, and and this is just absolutely scenario based. Um, but imagine, you know, the Dolphins they go out, they sign Jadavion Clowney, they sign Amari Cooper, they sign, we'll say Melvin Gordon, uh, and then they draft. We'll just throw out there Tua Tonga Viola, and then they get uh, 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 Henry Ruggs from. Uh, from Alabama, and then they get an offensive lineman. Now all of a sudden you got your quarterback, you got your running back, you added two receivers between Ruggs and and Cooper, and you got an offensive lineman. Uh, I mean, all of a sudden that that goes from a a really bad looking team to uh, that's a that's a pretty scary team on paper. So, uh, I mean, there I could see them, and I said it before the season. I I could see them being. Uh, a one-year turnaround like really bad this year but they could be really good next year and really they kind of pulled it together towards the end of the year with uh fitzpatrick and it reeled off some wins actually didn't have as bad a season as everyone anticipated yeah, for for sure and you have to think about if tom brady leaves new england that's a wide open division for the first time in 20 years uh so i mean again they they could be that 49ers team of of next year where they were really bad last year, really good next year. Man, I'll tell you what, it makes me want to fire up Madden and do a franchise of the Dolphins, all the draft picks. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I see them doing a lot, and there's a lot of good players out there that yeah. they could get. And we're not even talking about, you know, you're looking at, you know, Eric Ebron's going to be a, a free agent at tight end, or Austin Hooper's going to be a free agent. You got Corey Littleton from the Rams, uh, Jadavion Clowney, Shaq Barrett, uh, they could bring back Robert Quinn, honestly. Uh, so there, there's a lot of a lot of quality free agents this year. It's a deep draft and it's a deep free agent class. So uh, a lot of space for for uh, improvement. So let's stick on the defensive side here. Uh, this one will hit close home for you as well. Byron Jones, a corner for the Cowboys. Where do you see him going? Uh, honestly. I- I, I don't know if I see him going here because they don't have the money, but I'd love to see him go to the Chiefs. Um, I see him going to the Broncos, though. Uh, he's not going back to the Cowboys, not out of desire to leave, but uh, they just don't have the money between having to re-sign Amari or uh, Dak Prescott and then attempting to re-sign Amari Cooper uh, and then some of their other players that they still have that they need to re-sign, some of their other free agents. Uh, he's not coming back. 
um, which is unfortunate because he's to me he's an elite cornerback. Uh, he's still he's got great speed. Uh, he's a physical cornerback. He can press. He can play man. He can play zone. Uh, he stops the run. He tackles well. Uh, I mean, Byron Jones is an overall good cornerback, uh, and and the Broncos are going to have need of that honestly because uh, you know they're not going to bring back Chris Harris. I don't believe. Um, so I, I I could see him going to Denver honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I also would like him to go to the Chiefs because the Chiefs' two starting corners are both free agents this year. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Chiefs are going to go corner in the draft and yeah. and hope for the best there. They still have Traverius Ward, who obviously uh, stepped up and played really well. They're probably going to lose Bashad Breland, but if they replace him in the draft, I think they'll be fine. It would be great to have a luxury like Byron Jones, but um, – I'm with you. I could see somebody like Denver, although they did just trade uh, to get a corner from Jacksonville. So, but yeah, yeah, I think Chris Harris is good as gone. So let's go. You kind of mentioned Shaq Barrett. What do you think about this? Shaq Barrett uh, kind of was a castaway from the Broncos, came on Tampa Bay and just had an absolutely phenomenal year. Um, and they're facing that situation of, they don't know if they're going to get last year, Shaq Barrett, the year before Shaq Barrett, how much do they pay him? Do they franchise tag him? Obviously, if they franchise tag him, they're going to lose uh, Jameis Winston. So they've only got the one franchise tag to use. Who do they use it on? Uh, if they franchise tag anyone, it's I think it should be Shaq Barrett. I think they're ready to move on from Jameis Winston. I think he's ready to move on from them. Uh, Shaq Barrett, I mean, the thing is, if you look at him across his career, it's not necessarily that he played bad. He just didn't get the results. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about with the Broncos early in the season. Uh, not getting the sacks uh, with Von Miller um, and and their other players. But, uh, I mean, it's not that they were getting bad pass rushes. It's just that they weren't getting to the quarterback in time. Uh, and that's kind of what Shaq, what happened with Shaq Barrett. It's not that he was that he was playing poorly. It's that he just wasn't getting the end result. Uh, this year, he finally got that end result. He finally got to the quarterback. He finally sped up that, that quarter second, uh, which allowed him to get the, I think he had 20 sacks. Uh, so I think they do franchise tag him. I, I wouldn't necessarily sign him to a long-term deal. I mean, a franchise tag to me is kind of a, a one-year, like, prove-it contract, essentially. Um, they're, they're willing to, to pay him like a top-five defensive end for a year to see if, to see if he is a top-five defensive end. Uh, obviously, I don't expect him to put up 20 sacks again next year, but maybe they franchise tag him and he puts up 14 sacks. And then they say, okay, well, in two seasons, he's got 34 sacks. Let's sign him to a long-term deal. Let's get him under that five-year contract. Absolutely. So I was looking through the list here, and, and boy, you were not wrong on the depth there is in this free agency class is unreal. Just talking about uh, for the Chiefs, even from the cornerback position, you've got uh, Prince Amu Kamara, Logan Ryan, Trey Waynes. You've got guys like, uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon, and Ha Clinton Dix, Brian Balaga. You've got just a ton of people out here that are potential free agents. Um, it's a great year to have a team that has loaded cap space. But let's talk about one of those guys I mentioned, Melvin Gordon. Where do you see him going? Melvin Gordon's an interesting topic, honestly. Because um, now I think he knows he's not going to get the money uh, that he that he wants. Um uh, the team I could see getting someone like a Melvin Gordon, I see like maybe a Houston. Uh, I don't think they're bringing back Lamar Miller. Um, I don't think they're bringing back. Um, 
Oh my God. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Um, I don't think they're bringing those guys back. I could see them spending a little bit of money on, on Melvin Gordon. Um, and maybe see if he's that, you know, get him over the hump kind of guy. Uh, or I could see someone like I I mentioned earlier, Miami, I could see Miami going after him and saying, we don't really want to spend a first round pick or a second round pick on a running back. We'll just spend some money to get Melvin Gordon and that'll fill that gap for a couple years for us. Uh, so I could see something like that. Um, I could see potentially the New York jets if they decide to trade Le'Veon Bell, uh, I could see them getting a cheaper option in Melvin Gordon. Uh, so I, I, I think those are some of the options. So let's move on to Derrick Henry. I mean, I think the Tennessee Titans, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to take a discount. I think he's looking for the big payday. Um, they've also got to worry about their quarterback position, whether they go one of the free agent quarterbacks we were talking about, or they franchise tag Tannehill. Uh, where do you see Derrick Henry ending up or does he just get the tag? I think he's going to end up back in Tennessee, whether it's a tag or a long-term deal. Um, my concern with Derrick Henry is he's, he is a physical running back and those guys tend to wear out a lot sooner, um, than, than some of the, the, uh, finesse running backs. Um, so I think they're going to end up franchise tagging him because I don't, as much as they love him there, I don't think they're going to want to commit a five-year contract to Derrick Henry. And I, and I don't blame him for that. Absolutely. So what about a guy like Teddy Bridgewater? I know you kind of hit on that. Where do you actually think he's going to end up? Do you think it's going to be new England? Uh, I mean, New England, I, I think is a real option. Honestly, I think New England, or like I said, he could, you know, he could be a gap starter um, for for some teams. Um, you know, that team, you know, say Miami gets Tua, uh, Tua may, you know, no one knows what his physical status is going to be for next year. He's saying he's going to be medically cleared by March, uh, March 9th, I believe. Um, but you don't, I mean, Tua has got injury issues, so they may say, let's let Tua sit on the bench for a year and we'll start Teddy Bridgewater. Um, or he could be the long-term answer in, in a new Englander or an Indianapolis, or I could see him going to, uh, to the chargers. You know, he could be the replacement for, for Phillip rivers and the chargers. So I think those are some of the options. All right. So we kind of bounced around, talked about some of the top free agents. Here's one last question I'll leave you with. Who do you think, which team do you think makes the biggest splash in free agency this year? I mean, we've already talked about it. It's going to be the Dolphins, I believe, um, if they spend the money. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, 80, they have the most money. So theoretically, it, it has to be them. It's just a matter of do they spend that money smartly or do they spend it just because they have it? Um, I don't want them going out and, and giving Melvin Gordon, you know, 15 million a year just because they can. Um, I, I think they should still stick to, to their business practice and their principles and say, listen, we've got money, but we've got a lot of holes also. So we need to spend the money wisely. Uh, and, and so if they do that, like I said, they could, they could go out and, and end up with, with, you know, again, a, an Amari Cooper, they could get a Jack Conklin is technically a free agent from, uh, from, uh, Tennessee. Uh, so they could get an Amari Cooper, a Jack Conklin, a Jadavion Clowney, a Chris Harris, a Byron Jones, uh, uh, Blake Martinez from the uh, the Packers at linebacker, a uh, Corey Littleton, Austin Hooper. I mean, they could sign all of those guys and still have room left. Uh, so I mean, it, and and anyone that adds the type of depth, plus you have three first round picks, plus the rest of their draft picks. I mean, you're talking about a huge leap in talent right there. Uh, and they go from not not only just an improved team, but they go to a, a playoff contender and potentially more. 
so it, it's got to be Miami. Yeah, and it, here's the crazy part to me when you look at the the actual cap space available. So they've got around 93 million. The Colts have 86 million, which to me the Colts should be a player. And that's where I think if they can go out and get a guy like a a Tom Brady or somebody like that and add just a couple more pieces, there's some teams and I think it's really going to to land with those quarterbacks is where it's going to end up being really interesting. Because uh, you've got teams like the Bucks and the Bills, the Giants, the Texans. All these teams are in the top 10 of cap space available. And a lot of these teams aren't that far away from playoff caliber teams. So, uh, and like we said, this is one of the deepest free agent pools I can remember. So it's going to be really fun to watch. For, for sure. All right. So let's move on. Take a look. Last week, the NFL Combine happened. Um who really jumped out from the combine? We don't want to go into and bore you with all the results, but who really stood out in the combine for you and made a name for themselves? Uh, I mean, there, there's r- really quite a few players. Um, I think uh, like a CD lamb uh, wide receiver out of Oklahoma uh, turned out to be a little quicker than I think. I think he ran uh, like a high four fours. I think that was a little faster uh, than, than teams were thinking. Um, I think that helped him out a, a little bit. Uh, Henry Ruggs from uh, Alabama, I mentioned earlier. I think he ran a four two nine forty. Uh, and, and you're looking at teams like Denver potentially drafting him to be their Tyree Kill, essentially. Yeah, actually, I think uh, his official was four two seven. Yeah, I mean, like he. I mean, um, you look at that. But uh, another thing that kind of stood out is really that no one, uh, the the agility drill for all the people that that uh that participated in the agility drill, like no one really did well in that. Um, so that was kind of concerning. Um, but then also, uh, Oh my God, I can't think of his name right now, but the hunter, uh, yes. uh, is that Michael Turk? Is it Matt Turk's nephew? Is that who I'm thinking of? I think, I think it is. Yeah. yeah Michael Turk. Yeah. He came out and did what? 23 reps on bench press, something yep. like that. 20, 23, 24. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously it's not going to factor into punting, but, man, that's just, that's nice to know that your punter can handle himself if he gets into a situation. So, uh, I mean, that's just, that's just kind of an interesting thing, honestly, but I mean, on the biggest thing that stands out to me and it, it gets like this more and more year in year out is that people aren't actually participating in the combine. Um, you know, I remember when we were, when we were younger, when we were in high school, just out of high school, things like that, you know, the NFL combine was a huge deal. I mean, it was like a, a newsworthy, like anytime we could get on the, you know, this is pre smartphone. Um, anytime we could get on the computer to check people's, you know, forties or to check how the quarterbacks did in the drills or to see who did the most bench presses or, you know, who did this, who did that we did. Now it's just kind of a, Oh, it's the NFL scouting combine. Who really cares? Cause the quarterbacks aren't going to throw the receivers aren't going to catch. These guys aren't going to do this. This guy's not going to do this. They're all going to save it for their pro days. Um, or they just won't, they're, or they'll do it in private workouts. So, um, I mean, the, that's the biggest standout. And to me, I read an article and it was a great article. It said how dated the drills are. Um, like, who cares if a quarterback can have a huge vertical jump? Who cares if a quarterback can drop back and throw to receivers with no defense on the field at all? What they need to start doing is drills like drop back, escape the pocket, make a throw on the run do stuff like that that actually is going to translate to something on the field because just dropping back and throwing passes to wide open wide receivers with no defense on the field doesn't tell you a whole lot about your quarterback. 
I mean, absolutely. I mean, part of the problem is the combine itself. And then part of the problem is, is some of the players mentality. I mean, it's what we're starting to see in, in college football. And it's, you know, you start seeing the guys uh, not playing in bowl games because they don't want to get hurt and they don't want to, you know, participate at the, the NFL combine because they're afraid they'll get hurt or because they'll, you know, it's not my receiver. So, you know, I, I don't want to look bad because my timing could be off. Um, and, and, but that's also one thing that kind of disappoints me is I want to see how Joe Burrow does throwing the receivers he's not comfortable with. How well is he going to adjust, uh, whether he's got a defense coming at him or not? It's, you know, how well is he going to adjust if his number one receiver gets hurt and we have to throw in a new guy? Um, is he going to be able to adapt to that guy or is he going to need six months to, you know, throw to him every single day to actually be able to to complete a pass to the guy? Um, so it, it is a little, you know, the, the combine is dated, but it's also, I think, a player mentality. Yeah, speaking of dated stats that don't matter, but they are super impressive. How about Tristan Wirfs, off- offensive lineman from Iowa, 6'5", 320 pounds, ran a 48540. I mean, again, it's not really going to matter in the long term because an offensive lineman, unless you're <laughs> you know, running a screen and playing to be the lead blocker the entire way, which in high school I guess works, but uh, in the NFL it's probably not going to happen. But that's still hella impressive. You know, again, like the punter, you know, when's a punter going to need a bench press, you know, 225 pounds 23 times? It doesn't really matter, but it's just kind of nice to know that, you know, your your punter can handle himself or that your offensive tackle can actually move, uh, that you can, that he could be your swing tackle and, and get out. You know, you don't have to worry. If you run screens, you don't have to worry about him being fast enough to get out there. Uh, I mean, it is kind of a comfort thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's hella impressive. I also got another one that this one actually is impressive to me. And, and it's a guy that I loved all through. If you go back and listen to the college episodes, I loved what Wisconsin was doing. Jonathan Taylor uh, weighing in at 226 pounds and running a four, three, nine forty. To me, that's huge because that was my biggest concern with Jonathan Taylor was his actual speed. It's, you know, it's hard to tell the actual speed on the field, um, especially, you know, in, in college football, um, when not everyone's, you know, as fast as they, as the NFL, obviously. Um, so the, the one big question I had about Jonathan Taylor was his speed. And he just, he erased that, um, to me, Jonathan Taylor should be a first round pick. I think he's probably going to slip to the second round, uh, but he should be a first round pick. I would love for the chiefs to get him. They got, you know, like I said in the preview or the recap episode of last season, I love what Damian Williams did, but it'd be hard to pass up if Jonathan Taylor's sitting there. Uh, it's Absolutely. a rare, it's a rare combination of weight and mass and speed. I mean, you're talking about looking at Derrick Henry and how huge he is. He's also not that fast. I mean, he can he can move, but he's not this fast. Um, and when you look at it, I think they said that uh, Jonathan Taylor for the size of over 220 pounds. He ran the fastest 40 since guys like Saquon Barkley. Uh, so you're talking about that size and speed combo that doesn't come around very often. It'd be super hard to pass up on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, 100%. 100%. Uh, the other thing that just stood out to me, um, besides the awesome punter bench press, because that's awesome, uh, was just how fast all of the wide receivers really are. I mean, I feel like it used to be fairly rare. You're talking... I'm counting here. We had one, two, three, four, five, six dudes running under a four, four. Um, so you've got a lot and, and half of those guys aren't even around draft picks. So I feel like there's uh, 
an opportunity to find your Tyreek Hill of the draft where he may not be the biggest and, you know, have the prototypical size and be the best route runner, but you can get these guys with speed. And as the chiefs proved, you line up enough dudes with speed on the field, you're going to get guys open. So uh, I think it's going to be a trend you're going to see this year. And I think uh, you're going to see a big run on wide receivers and maybe the second round. And, and like like you were saying, I mean, what's crazy is you have all these these sub four four guys, but I mean, even a receiver that runs a four four or a four four two or a four four five, I mean, that's still some pretty solid speed. Uh, and a lot of these guys you can get beyond the first round. You can get them, you know, you can get those guys in the second round and the third round and even the fourth round. Uh, and you're looking at guys like a like a Jalen Rager from TCU, who's probably going to be a second or third round pick, but that guy can fly i mean that guy is is fast uh and, and he's got solid size uh, and and so i mean you get guys like that in the second round third round uh i mean you're getting huge value for those guys and and like you said you line up enough fast guys someone's you know you got to have a slow defensive back on the field somewhere so someone's going to get open eventually yeah absolutely so uh, a combine in the book. The one thing that's good about this is it makes me feel that much closer to the NFL season because that means the draft is right around the corner. And, and the official league season kicks off in, you know, just over 10 days. It's, it's March 18th. I believe is when it kicks off. So, uh, I mean, we're going to, we're going to see a flurry of moves, uh, on March 18th. And then we're going to see obviously the NFL draft. Uh, we got the collective bargaining agreement coming up. Uh, will the players actually accept it? Some seem like they're in favor. Some seem like they, they aren't, but we'll see. And the news about that, and we'll definitely do a follow-up episode on this, is the ballots have been sent out to players today uh, due back on the 12th. So we will know on the 12th or 13th whether we're going to have a 17-game regular season or whether we're going to have a 14-team playoff, uh, three-game pre preseason. So there's a lot of changes to it. Uh, marijuana testing would be gone. Um, just a couple other things. I know uh, Josh Gordon's kicking himself right now. Yeah, well, Josh Gordon, <laughs> Josh Gordon, Randy Gregory, all those guys. You know, I mean, it sucks for them, but uh, it is yeah. what it is. It sounds like the CBA. A lot of these uh, star players don't want anything to do with it because it adds another game, kind of degrades their contracts a little bit. But it also sounds like the core players and the minimum paid players, which are equal, like sixty percent of the league. This is going to give them a massive boost in minimum pay. It's going to do great things for their health care and all this stuff. And obviously with the medical marijuana stuff, it sounds to me like this is probably going to pass, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I, I think it, I mean, as a fan, I hope it passes because if it doesn't pass, it means we're probably looking at a lockout um, eventually down the road. I think it'd be going into next season um, if it doesn't pass. Um, and, and I don't want to see that. Um, so as a fan, I mean, I want to see it pass. I mean, the players, I, I get the, you know, the high playing, high paying guys like Aaron Rodgers and guys like that, um, are a little worried about, you know, money and injury and things like that. But for, for those mid-level guys that may only play, you know, three years or four years or less, you know, it's a huge deal for them. It's, it's, it is more money, you know, it's more money each year, uh, better health insurance, better benefits, uh, all of that stuff. So, I mean, it is a huge deal for those guys. And like you said, they make up a majority of the league. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that, that young players are going to like, it said that I think under the new CBA, the fifth year player option is equal to the franchise tag. So 
if a, a rookie player gets that fifth year option, he's getting paid the average of the top players in the at the position. So I think that's a good deal because I feel like the fifth year option is essentially just a franchise tag anyway. So I like where that's yeah. headed too. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 obviously no CBA is going to be perfect um for the owners or for for the players but you have to find a happy median you have to say listen we're you know you got to give a little to get a little on both sides uh and i think i think owners are doing that i think the i think most of the players want to do that um and again so i mean we'll we'll see if it i i believe it's going to get passed uh and there's going to be a lot of bitching and complaining about it i'm sure um and i eventually will hear you know owners even bitch and complain about it um but i mean at the end of the day, it's the one thing that doesn't help either side is a lockout. You know, if, if there's a lockout, the owners aren't making money, the players aren't making money and the fans aren't getting the product they want. So. Absolutely. And you know what? My only bitch and complain about it is I don't really care for the seven game or a seven team per division or sorry, 17 per conference playoff. I feel like it overcomplicates things and it really doesn't, I, I just don't find a need for it. Because uh, then you're going to have only one first round buy, so you've got three games on wild card weekend, and then obviously the lowest seed plays the one guy in the bye week. The other two play each other. It just, it to me, it seems like it overcomplicates things. And for what? It doesn't add another week or anything. It just makes one team have one less bye week. I mean, my 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 thing on it is, I I get it. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get more playoff games. They're trying to get more. I, I think it's more fan involvement, honestly, by getting more teams into the playoffs. Um, I think is what they're attempting to do, but at the same time, you're watering down the 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 uh, product um, because now, right now, it's seven years. But who says in a few years when this CBA ends that they don't, you know, that they don't come back and say, okay, now we want eight teams in the playoffs, and then eventually nine teams, and then ten teams, and and you know, we saw it with. Uh, with uh like nascar when they when they started their little playoff thing it was what i think 10 cars or 10 drivers made the playoff field and then it went up to 12 you know 12 drivers and now it's at what 16 drivers or something and they overcomplicate nascar overcomplicated it so much i can't even follow it yeah like yeah i mean and so now it's you know it what's going to happen is right now it's they have six teams but then that seventh team bitches and says, oh, well, it's because of a tiebreaker technicality. I didn't get in. That's that's stupid. I should get in. We shouldn't factor it into that. It should be this. And But now what's going to happen is now the eighth team is going to be saying that same stuff. Uh, you know, oh, I didn't get in because of a tiebreaker technicality. So then they're going to let the eighth team in eventually. And then it's going to be the ninth team is going to complain. So there's always going to be, you know, a mad team, a mad fan base, something, you know, so you got to draw the line somewhere. And like you said, like NASCAR, they've overcomplicated that. I mean, it's it's hard to watch a race now. And, and uh, I'm not as big a fan as I used to be, but that's part of the reason, honestly, is is the fact that that they've watered down their own product and and they've set it up to to stop dominant drivers from actually dominating. And that's kind of what they're doing here. So let's talk about the NFL draft here. Um who do you think's going number one? Obviously, the number one pick is probably going to be Joe Burrow, but uh, he's kind of made the comments that he doesn't know if he wants to play for Cincinnati. Um, who do you think he's going there? I think he's going there. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, they hold all the cards. I mean, he can he can bitch and complain and say I don't want to play there, and they could draft him number one. But you know, guess what? Unless they trade him, or unless they they he decides to sit out a year uh, and re-enter the draft next year. 
I mean, they, they have all the cards. It's either play for them or play for no one. Um, and at, at the end of the day, like, honestly, I mean, Joe Burrow's in that, that Shaq Barrett category. It's he's had one really great year in college. Um, didn't really do much the other year she was in college. So, um, honestly, I'd be, if I'm the Bengals, I'd be a little hesitant to draft Joe Burrow despite, I mean, obviously he had a great season. Won Heisman trophy, won a national championship. But at the end of the day, it's one great season, not two great seasons or three great seasons like some of these guys like a justin herbert or or like a tua or like a jake Fromm. uh you know he's had one year these guys have had two or three years so uh i mean at the end of the day the Bengals hold all the cards yeah my only concern if i'm a Bengals fan would be is this really i mean that team is filled with holes and you have andy dalton who obviously isn't the best quarterback in the league but like you said in the in the recap episode he's not the worst uh, they have wide receiver issues. They have offensive lineman issues. They have all this stuff. Drafting Joe Burrow, is it, is it setting him up for failure that they're going to basically demand that he starts week one with no offensive line? Um, I, Not necessarily, but I think it to me personally, it would be better if they traded that number one pick, gained an extra pick or two out of it, and maybe got a player. Uh, and then honestly freed up a little bit of cap space because now they don't have to sign a number one overall pick. Um, but if they could trade with, you know, someone and get, get their first round pick, say at number 10, uh, draft, a an offensive lineman. And like I said, their offensive lineman from last year, I can't think of his name right now. It's a guy from Alabama. I just can't think of his name, uh, missed all of last season, but he, he was the top rated offensive lineman in the draft last year. They have him waiting in the wings right now. Uh, and so if they get another offensive lineman, now all of a sudden they get, they improve their offensive lineman or their offensive line significantly. Uh, presumably you have AJ green coming back. I'm hearing reports that they're planning on franchise tagging him. So you have AJ green coming back. You have uh, Boyd coming back. You have John Ross coming back healthy. You have Joe Mixon coming back. Your offensive line's better. I'd say personally trade the pick, get all that stuff back keep Andy Dalton, build on your defense. And now, you know, assuming they stay relatively healthy, you know, I, I think you have honestly a playoff contender um, at that point because they have a lot of talent on offense. Um, Joe Burrow, obviously we would have most of that same stuff, but uh, uh, again, it's, it's hard to say what you're really getting out of Joe Burrow. Cause he only had one good year. Right. And that's where I'm with you. If I'm them, I trade with somebody like, uh, the chargers at six let the chargers come up get joe burrow you can still at six get a tua or justin herbert because unless redskins do something stupid like they're talking about doing and getting Tua there even though they just got uh, Dwayne haskins but if, if you can you're still going to get your quarterback around one plus you're going to pick up probably a first next year and at least a second or a second and third this year you can really start adding pieces around and if you get like you said, who's to say Justin Herbert isn't as good a quarterback as Joe Burrow right now? Joe Burrow ha- went from having 16 touchdowns in 2018 to having 60 in, in 2019. How much is that as, as a fluke? How much of it is, did he really get that much better in one year? Uh, and it very well could be. He very well could be that guy that's the next stud. But if I'm them, I'm moving down minimally and still getting my quarterback and adding just stockpiling draft capital to keep building this team because they've got a lot of holes. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And and like I said, I, I don't think Andy Dalton's a top 10 quarterback, but I think he's a top 15. 
um, at least a top 20. I mean, he, he's, he showed, I mean, his first five years in the league, he made the playoffs every single year. Don't, I mean, obviously they didn't win a playoff game in that time, but he made the playoffs five consecutive years. The guy can play. Um, his play hasn't really dropped off. It's his supporting cast that has dropped off. Uh, and if you build that supporting cast back up for him, I believe he can still succeed. Uh, and even if he's only a one year, like we'll keep Andy for one more season while we let Justin Herbert learn, or we let Tua learn and, and get healthy, um, or a Jacob Eason or a Fromm or a uh, Josh Love from Utah State, which a lot of people's you know jumping high on now. Um, I mean, some of those guys like you could you could bring Andy back and let that quarterback learn from Andy and then move on. You know, do an, an Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes situation. You know, Patrick Mahomes was a tenth overall pick. Uh, you can find a great quarterback at number ten. You know, uh, um. Uh, Deshaun Watson was picked after, you know, at what number 12, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could find a great quarterback at 10 or 12 or, or later in the, you know, later in the draft. So um, I, I think gain the capital rather than the pick. Absolutely. So speaking of Tua, where do you see Tua going in this draft? I, I think he's probably going to go to Miami, honestly. Um, an interesting story that I did see on, I believe, CBS. Um, they did a mock draft and they factored in trades and whatnot. And, and, um, I can't think of who did it. Honestly, I can't think of who did their, their mock draft, but, uh, it was a pretty funny one from personally because they had the Cowboys tagging and trading, uh, Dak Prescott to the dolphins for the, the number five overall pick or whatever it is. And then the Cowboys taken to a, uh, which would be a kind of interesting, honestly, I don't see that happening at all, but, um, that was just kind of a fun, a fun scenario, honestly. Yeah, so I'm looking at, I looked at one earlier today. It was Sports Illustrated's uh, mock draft after the combine. They've got the Chargers trading up to the number three spot and picking Tua. And I found that kind of interesting because uh, I don't hate it, actually. I think that the the Chargers need a quarterback unless they get somebody like a Tom Brady, even if they do get a Tom Brady. How perfect would that be? Sign a Tom Brady to a two-year contract. They got the cap room draft a guy like Tua, let him get completely over his injury and learn from Tom Brady. I I feel like that'd be a great idea for them, but I don't think he goes past five if, if Miami's there. Um, and I can't even believe these reports, but apparently Washington is talking about how Ron Rivera said he would go get Tua instead of Dwayne Haskins. And that seems nuts to me. I, yeah, I, I hate that. I, I hate that people, you know, it, the mindset in the NFL used to be that you, you have, you know, your rookie quarterback, you need about three years to figure out where they are to figure out if they're actually going to be your quarterback of the future. Uh, and now it's, you know, guys get half of a rookie season um, or sometimes less. And then teams just decide, okay, well, it's, it's not working out immediately. So we have to move on. Um, I mean, the Chiefs did it the right way. Uh, you see it like Aaron Rodgers set for several years, uh, you know, did it the right way. There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of a lot of great quarterbacks that set, you know, uh, Drew Brees set uh, early in his career. Uh, ben Roethlisberger didn't start immediately. He set for, you know, half a season, I believe, something like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that that set um, – um, and so I I hate when people, uh, you know, basically just give up on the guys after a single season. Josh Rosen, I feel bad for. 
because uh, I mean he's basically had the Cardinals give up on him after one year, and the the uh, Dolphins give up on him after one year. So uh, I mean it, it, it's a bad situation, honestly. So another thing I found interesting about the Sports Illustrated mock draft, they had the Panthers taking Justin Herbert at seven, um, which would obviously lead to them getting rid of Cam Newton. Where do you think that if that situation were to play out, where do you think Cam goes? Uh, you know, honestly, it's it's hard to say because the the free agent class and quarterbacks is is so deep. Uh, and Cam has such a, a heavy injury history over the last couple of years um, that despite, I think, talent wise, he'd be one of the best out there. Um, but from a security standpoint, I think teams would be would be scared to sign him. Uh, so I honestly, I really don't know. I think I think he could see a lot of these other guys sign first before him uh, just based on injury. Uh, but I mean, obviously, the the big ones, I mean, you're you're looking at like a Tennessee uh uh, an Indianapolis, a Miami, uh, potentially Cincinnati, uh, San Diego, New England. I mean, all the same candidates, really, but. I got one here for you. Here's a scenario. There's a team out there that we had on our most disappointing list that is the Chicago Bears. They're not happy with Mitch Trubisky. How much sense would it make for them to get Cam Newton? I mean, it'd be an intriguing scenario, honestly. Because um, you gotta I, think, I, they got a lot. They got some talent. They got Allen Robinson, they got Reed Cohen. Um, they got some good running backs behind that too. And then if you put Cam Newton in there uh, to make some plays, I don't. Plus, they're still gonna have Mitch. Um, I yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense if the Panthers did move on from Cam Newton. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. But if you throw out that scenario, here's this scenario. What if the Cowboys do trade and tag or tag and trade Dak Prescott and then they sign Cam Newton? Uh, I don't think that's a bad. I don't know that that's a downgrade, really. Not that not saying that Dak's not a better quarterback, but if you take a completely healthy Cam Newton and a completely healthy Dak, I mean, who are you going to take? I mean, yeah, Cam Newton's a better overall player than Dak when completely healthy. The, the big, yeah. yeah, the big question is the health. Um, but I mean, there's that scenario too of, you know, and I'd be dangling again, like I mentioned earlier, I'd dangle that out in front of Dak Prescott and say, listen, uh, we'd like to keep you around, but if, if we don't, if we just let you walk or we tag you and trade you, uh, you know, look at this list of 10 quarterbacks out there. Uh, and that's not, again, that's not even mentioning guys like, uh, Cam Newton, who's not technically a free agent, who's not technically available yet, or Andy Dalton, who's not technically available yet. Uh, we're just presuming uh or assuming that they'll be available but i mean you're looking at a list of philip rivers tom brady hannah hill Jameis winston marcus mariota teddy bridgewater cam newton andy dalton um all guys that that are available or will potentially be available so i'd be dangling that out for sure if i was was uh the cowboys or you know it's trubisky i'd be saying listen like you know, you, you need to step it up because we have all these options. Like we're going to bring one of these guys in. So either you're going to perform or you're going to lose your job. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that that's going to be really something to keep an eye on. I know Matt rule for Carolina said that he's going to, he, he's excited to work with Cam Newton, but you know, that doesn't mean much. They clearly were when they had Kyle Allen in there playing mediocre and they were already talking about moving on from Cam Newton. I knew that for whatever reason, they just didn't want Cam there anymore. 
and I can't say Cam is my favorite player. He kind of is a little whiner, but uh, you know, he throws a pick, goes sits on the sideline with a towel over his head and sulks about it. But at the same time, he's he's talented. So I, I'd be excited to see what he does elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you're looking at in this draft that might jump out? Anyone maybe like, I don't know, New England looking for a quarterback, maybe making some moves? We usually see New England trading down, stockpiling picks. Is this the year that they trade up and they get a quarterback? Um, You know, I really think it's going to depend on how uh, free agency goes. Um, If they get a Teddy Bridgewater, they get an Andy Dalton, uh, a Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston. I don't necessarily see them drafting up to draft a quarterback, but I could could definitely see them using that late first-round pick or that late second-round pick to, to grab one of those. Uh, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth ranked quarterbacks. Um, and like I said, I'm talking about the Jacob Easons, the Jake Fromms, uh, potentially a Josh Love if he slips a little bit. Um, those kind of guys. So uh, I, really, it's going to depend on that free agency. Absolutely. And I'm excited about just this offseason in general, because like we said, the draft is pretty deep. The free agency is pretty deep. There's a lot of teams with deep pockets, got a lot of money to spend. Um, I think this is going to be one of those seasons where it wouldn't surprise me if half the playoff teams this year are not in the playoffs again next year. And it's flipped because a lot of teams are losing a lot of talent and a lot of teams are going to gain a lot of talent in there. Um, I feel like there's several players on the defensive side of the ball um, that are, they're going to be starters immediately. Like a chase young who's projected right now to go number two to the Redskins. Um, that guy is going to come in and he's going to make an immediate impact. Um, and with the, the division being as bad as it was, the NFC East, how many pieces do the Redskins need to add before they can be competitive? Um, if, they, if they've got Dwayne Haskins playing well, they got Chase Young added, they signed a couple of free agents, they're, you know, they're going to be in it. So it's going to be a really exciting uh, just total offseason. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot to look forward to. And I, I get, personally, I get as much enjoyment out of the offseason as I do watching an actual game because just the scenarios that it sets up and the scenarios you can think about, like we were talking about with uh, Cam Newton going to the, the Bears or the Cowboys or, you know, what if this guy goes here? What if this guy goes here? Or this guy did sign here, so what's it mean for this guy? Uh, you know, just just those scenarios, those those millions of scenarios you can run through, you know, run through your head or, or, you know, like us just talking back and forth between, you know, well, if this happens then this could happen. Uh, I mean, the, the NFL offseason is extremely fun for me personally. Uh, so I, right now I'm having a blast. And if you know us, um, our favorite part of Madden is like it's almost a bummer when you get to the regular season and you just have to play through it real quick because the most exciting part is the offseason. Make your trades, sign your free agents, draft your players. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's super fun. A lot of people don't see it that way, but I promise you, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, um, you don't get the pro- you don't get the product you get on the field without this part of it, <clears throat> uh, and so that business aspect of it is is a lot of fun. And, and you know, and, and like he said. Uh, you know, the, the off season, when we do our online franchises, that's the best part. Or, you know, when we, you know, when NFL head coach, when that was a, a big thing, I wish they'd come out with another one of those because it's literally just the, basically the business side of it. Plus some coaching stuff. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. Like, I love that stuff. Absolutely. So the NFL draft still a couple months away. What we're going to do here 
and I promise you we'll do this, and it's going to be fun as hell, and it's going to be, we need to do a mock draft. Um, we'll each take half the teams. We'll do a full-on mock draft for you guys. I think it'll be really fun. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we'll do mock drafts and we'll, we'll factor in, you know, trade scenarios for ourselves. We'll factor in the, the free agent signings. Uh, we'll obviously be more active than we've been the last few months. Um, schedules have lined up better now. So um, that'll allow us to be more active on here, uh, more active on social media and the website uh, and all of that stuff. So, yeah. All right, guys, stay tuned. It's going to be a fun one.